Fizz. Fizz. Let's go. Hey, welcome back to the Fit Fizz podcast. Thank you so much for joining me yet again today as I attempt to have a little carbohydrate chat with you and give you some insight around carbs. My name is Kelly Wilson, owner of fitfizzstudio.com, and I'm a certified trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry since 1994. And I'm here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, give you knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. Nothing should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. And if I'm sounding a little bit different today, it's because I'm just getting over a cold and I'm a little bit congested, but the show must go on. So I promise not to sneeze on you. And yes, I washed my hands before showing up on your podcast app today. So let's talk about carbs. I'm going to tell you right up front that I am not going to have some magical answer that you've been searching for your whole life on this. And that is the same reason that you can apply to pretty much anything related to health, fitness, nutrition. When there's an answer to something, that answer can always be made, or usually, I should say usually, be made more true by adding yes and or no, but, and the lack of adding yes and or no, but to statements generally made on social media is why we have so much incorrect information floating about out there. You can apply this idea to pretty much anything you're trying to figure out the answer to. Even keep that in mind with the information that I share with you here, because it's in no way complete, because there are so many variables involved that if you change just one thing, like a person's DNA, it can change the answer to everything. So keep that in mind. That's for every show, not just today. But another thing quickly that's been on my mind to, I want to add this little disclaimer to something that I said on the last episode when I mentioned one of my personal struggles and how I fixed it to keep myself in check. I said how I pretty much have a hard rule that I don't eat lunch with coworkers because once I'm out, I get into this celebratory mood and in, I, I end up ordering things that I regret eating later. And what I want to add to that, in case anyone is wondering like, geez, Kelly, can't you just have some self-control and order something like grilled chicken and still go out with coworkers? Yes, yes, I can absolutely do that. And that might be an excellent option for many of you. But there are other big reasons as to why I have that hard boundary in place for myself as far as eating lunch or not eating lunch with coworkers. And the main reason is simply because I'm really just an introvert. So extroverting and exerting that kind of social energy in the middle of the day really drains me big time. So when I have to buckle down and do four to five more hours of work after that, it's simply not a smart energetic choice for me to have lunch with coworkers. And there are other reasons too, but I don't want to bore you with my silly quirks. So let's get on with some carb chat today. So you've heard me mentioned 
macros before, and I want you to get a little bit more familiar with how macros work in regards to nutrition and food portions. So I'm going to repeat the high-level basics about macronutrients, and it's pretty easy to remember. Macronutrients are needed for growth, metabolism, and for other vital functions. The word macro means large, so macronutrients are indeed needed for in large amounts for our bodies. Macronutrients are needed for survival and they provide us with energy. And the three macronutrients, fat, protein, and carbs, break down like this. Fat provides nine calories per gram. Protein provides four calories per gram. And carbohydrates provide four calories per gram. And just to make sure that you are making the connection of what this all means, remember when I talked about all of the info that's on the nutrition facts label of food packaging a couple of episodes ago? So imagine you're looking at one of those labels and you see the line that says how many carbs are in each serving. Let's say it says there that there are 25 grams of carbs per serving. And by knowing that carbohydrates provide four calories per gram, By multiplying that 25 by 4, you can calculate that you're getting 100 calories worth of carbs from whatever that item and serving size is. And this is the beginning concept of how you would learn to calculate macros as a dietary tool. But today we're just going to talk about the singular macronutrient of carbohydrates. So let's talk about a little bit about where there's carb confusion. So there's a lot of carb confusion. People will commonly think that uh, eating or lacking carbs can make you, lacking or eating too many carbs can make you feel constipated or cranky or slow. And this might be true in certain situations. But remember how I said to add that yes and caveat or no but? So the correct way to think of this is that it's not just carbs that might make you feel constipated or cranky or slow, but it's because there's something else at play. Maybe you have a food sensitivity to a certain ingredient, or maybe you overate. So, I mean, I know for me personally, if I ate 500 grams of carbs in a day, that's a case where that might be true. Having 500 grams of carbs in a day would probably make me cranky and slow. But A hundred grams of carbs wouldn't do that. It all depends on the person. So it's not accurate to make a blanket statement like carbs make people cranky and slow. So people also tend to jump into low carb or no carb diets and they often take that as black, a black and white type of diet. But there's this whole range of flexibility in between that most people really need to consider. In my opinion, I think that low-carb or no-carb ways of eating should be thought of as medical tools rather than a casual diet for weight loss. After all, doing something as drastic as low-carb or no-carb, and yes, I do think you should consider it drastic, those those ways of eating have the power to actually change your hormone balance. So that's not something that you want to take lightly. Or at the very, very least, if you insist on trying a low-carb or no-carb way of eating, please don't 
count vegetables as part of that. You need vegetables to be part of your diet, even if you insist on eating in a low-carb way. Most vegetables fall into the category of carbohydrates. And they're also a main source for getting lots of micronutrients as well as fiber. And fiber is a complex carbohydrate that is metabolized by our gut bacteria, bacteria and we need it to poop. And without pooping, well, I think you know that's not a very fun situation, nor is it healthy. So another source of carb confusion is that gluten-free means low carb. This is wrong. Gluten-free does not mean carb-free. Gluten is actually a protein that comes from a certain type of grain, wheat gluten. I used to actually have an 80-pound bag, or maybe it was a 50-pound bag, a huge bag of it that I used as my main protein source when I was using it to make seitan when I was dieting down for my bodybuilding show in 2012. I did not have a, I didn't have a gluten sensitivity at that time, even though I do now. But anyway, since there are many other types of high protein foods, one can cut out gluten from their diet and have no problem getting adequate protein. But in no way should anyone confuse cutting out gluten with being low carb. And I'm going to say it again in case you zoned out the first time or the first two times I said it. Gluten is a protein, not a carb. Therefore, going gluten-free does not equate a low-carb diet. And I'll say this till I'm blue in the face as well. Going gluten-free should never be seen as a tool for weight loss. Anyone doing so is highly misinformed and you need to do some reading because going gluten-free is not... If somebody loses weight from going gluten-free, it's probably probably because... The gluten was causing them inflammation. So it's not really changing your body composition or how much fat you carry on your body. Now, in 2015, I had stopped eating seitan or that wheat gluten as my main protein source, but I had started developing a sensitivity to gluten in the beginning of leaky gut, but I didn't realize it until it had gotten much worse until around early 2017. I cut out gluten from my diet because of a food sensitivity that had gotten pretty bad at that point. And I'll do a whole episode on how to know if you're becoming sensitive to gluten. But I want to emphasize that if and when you ever hear me say that I can't eat gluten, it's because it has a negative impact on my health. And that also does not mean that everyone will be healthier by removing it. Believe me, I would be willing to probably chop off my own left hand if just to be able to order a regular pizza again, because I really do miss not having to think about how much gluten I'm consuming. And one last point about carb confusion, this whole myth that has several different variations, like don't eat carbs after 7 p.m. or something like that. Don't do things like that unless you know why. Now, as I mentioned in the sleep episode, one reason to not eat a heavy meal within a couple hours before bed is so that the glymphatic system can work more efficiently while you sleep and it helps to repair cells and remove waste and things like that. But it has nothing to do with the silly myth that if you stop eating by a certain time, you'll lose weight. 
So remember, once again, I'm mentioning this yes and or the no but caveats. Here is a great example. If someone says, it's good if you stop eating carbs at 7 p.m., I'd follow that up with no, but the fact that you're spending fewer hours of the day eating and essentially having a modified 12-hour fast from 7 p.m. to maybe 7 a.m., that might make you lose weight if you're a chronic midnight snacker to begin with and if you have other habits like that. So do you see how these caveats work by saying yes and or no but? It all depends on the rest of the details for each particular person. If you normally eat dinner at 6 p.m. and you never eat dessert and you always go to bed by 9 p.m., then is it going to make any difference for you to jump on an arbitrary arbitrary rule that says stop eating carbs after 7 p.m. for weight loss? No. So you see, it all depends on the person and the other factors involved. Now, I do understand that most people who are health conscious aren't in this free-for-all relationship with carbs, and that includes sugar, right? Right. And that's myself included. If carbs didn't matter, I'd probably eat like three bags of potato chips a day, but they do matter. And each of us draw the line of what's acceptable for carb consumption in a different place. There are so, so many ways that you can use carbs in your diet for weight loss, weight gain, or for fueling your body for whatever reason. So I can't sit here and dish out rules that tell you exactly how many carbs to eat. But wherever that comfort level is for you or whatever you have found that works for your lifestyle, that's kind of your baseline And without getting into numbers, like how many grams you're eating, I'm going to give you a loose principle that can guide you with how many carbs you're eating in order to align it more closely with your personal goals for nutrition or weight loss. So here's the idea. You get the concept of a dial, right? Think of maybe the volume or the heat dials in your car and especially try to think of a non-digital version if you have a digital version. And so with the non-digital version, it's a dial and there usually aren't numbers, right? It's just up or down or more or less. This is how you can think of carbs if you're maybe wanting to cut back a little bit, but maybe you're in a position where counting macros just doesn't feel like a right fit at this time. You can make smart carb choices by dialing it up or dialing it down according to your goals. And I'm going to elaborate on this. So the first step you're going to take is to have some awareness of what you're already eating. And as you go about starting your day tomorrow or the next few days, start paying attention to what your sources of carbs are. I'm talking big picture, bread, hamburger buns, rice, macaroni and cheese, potatoes, quinoa, oatmeal, tortillas, Maybe it's taco shells, chips, muffins, pancakes, cereal. And don't forget about things like apples, bananas, peaches. A lot of fruits are significant sources of carbs. Now, I'm not seeing this in a negative light. It's simply a fact. And side note, there's another big thing to take awareness of is if you have any emotion that's attached to foods, it's really a red flag if you notice yourself labeling any foods as good or bad. 
do what you can to try to stop that because it really does not make for a healthy relationship with food. And the next step, once you've spent a few days being aware of which foods that you normally eat are sources of carbs, then spend the next few days noticing portion sizes. Now, there's a free download that goes along with this concept that you can get from the link in the show notes or on the website page for this episode, which is at fitfizstudio.com slash podcast dash 39. And I also have a video on my YouTube channel explaining this. And I'm only going to talk about the carb part of it today. So find those resources to hear about how to measure protein and fats because it's a little bit different, but still super easy. Now, this method for portion sizing does not require any tools other than your hand. So it's really easy, no math. So you're just spending a couple days noticing the portion sizes of your carbs and you measure them by how much you can fit in the palm of your hand. So, for example, hold out the palm of your hand and imagine if you dropped some popped popcorn on there before it starts to spill over. There's your portion size for carbs. Now imagine it for mashed potatoes. Obviously, you could plop a whole lot more mashed potatoes on there before it would start falling out of your hand because it sticks together. But this is why I like the popcorn example. So your mashed potatoes serving size should roughly equal your popcorn serving size. Now start to ask yourself and take notice, how many serving sizes of carbs are you eating, eating at each meal or each day? There's no right or wrong answer here, but the next step is to take action by turning the dial up or down and making smarter choices. There's always room for improvement no matter what your starting point is. And that doesn't necessarily mean eating less food either. What I mean by that is... If you know you're way overeating carbs on a daily basis and you want to try to maybe lose some weight or lose some inches, you can turn down the dial by making smarter carb choices. So if you're eating maybe chicken in one meal, let's imagine you're eating chicken and spaghetti and rice. You've got two sources of carbs and no vegetables. It would be a smart way to dial down the carbs by replacing one of those carbs with a vegetable. So let's say you replace the rice with broccoli. Broccoli still counts counts as a carb, but you're getting a green vegetable with more micronutrients and fiber than if you had eaten the rice. Get it? All right. So this can be a very useful tool to help you make healthy, sustainable changes. And what's great about it is that it's a concept or principle and not a rigid set of rules. And it works if you're honest with yourself about it. Mindset is important here too. You can blow it off with the attitude like, nah, that's dumb. It'll never work. Then Of course, it's not going to work if you think that way. Or you can see this as a challenge or a game that you can play with yourself and one where there's always room for improvement. All you're doing is learning to adapt your meals to fit your goals. And try not to think of it as restricting your carbs, but rather as expanding your options. So experiment with this and try to see it as a fun thing. Keep it simple. Take it one step at a time. And just to quickly recap, start with awareness then notice portion sizes, download the guide that I have for you, then start making smart carb changes by dialing up or dialing down as needed. And maybe try a dialed up day to see how you feel. And if it makes you feel terrible, 
then you know that's not the right direction or the best choice for you. Listen to your body. And from there, the next step is going to be to try to have even more consistency. Go from making smarter carb choices from one meal a day to two meals a day and then three meals a day and keep going from there. Challenge yourself and be proud of every improvement or little victory that you have because each step is it, it's all progress, and it's important to acknowledge that. And before I go, I want to say a quick thank you so much for joining me today, and an extra thank you to my Patreon supporters, Elise V, Tracy D, Zach R, Wendy C, and Pamela P. You can have your name or your business mentioned here too by supporting FitViz at patreon.com slash Wilson. Any support would be a massive help to me and my endeavors to try to sustain FitFizz and this podcast. Or you can also help out by leaving a review for the show on iTunes so I can reach, reach more people. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.